I just, I think I need more snare in my headphone. This is it, man. Welcome, welcome to the, the Archer and Snack Show. Yeah, it's been a long time. People have been waiting for this for years. Welcome, welcome to the, the Archer and Snack Show. I'm Snack Bar. And I'm Archer. People have been waiting for this for years. Yeah, it's been a long time. All right, what's up, everybody? This is uh, episode five of the podcast where we kind of go over everything in the world of YouBetSmart.com, um, a service where we give out picks every day. We give about 20 to 30 picks out every day, and we teach you how to make money with those picks. Um, this is Sports Betting with Scott and Jake. I'm Scott. And I'm Jake. Jake, how was your week? Uh, well, I know on the last podcast we were talking about how we were one of us were bound to come back to down to earth because we were both skyrocketing and that happened to be me this week unfortunately uh i had a pretty good start to the week and then only had i had one bad night so that one bad night kind of ruined the whole week in a way which night was that uh fuck what was that a couple let me it's like two days ago yeah and you mentioned that um that you had a bad week or that you came back down to earth yeah um i did too I didn't have like the skyrocket of like making the the bankroll go from like twelve thousand to nineteen thousand like I did the last week. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't keep that up, so I came down to earth. It wasn't like a big pullback, but I came down to earth too. But uh, you had a night that you would like won- to forget, but we might as well reflect on it now because it's part of sports betting and it's unrealistic if we only talk about our our positive nights. So. I don't know. Part of the reason why we stress such a small percentage of your bankroll is because of nights like this. So basically, I was using the same algorithm we've used for years. It's been historically around 60% win rate. The week prior to this, I had, a, I think, a 6-1 night, a 5-0 and night, and an 8-1 and night. And using that same algorithm, I had a 1-9 and night, which is just disgusting, to say the least. And... um very humbling as sports betting always is. So, uh, I don't know. I, I, I would have lost trust if we didn't have years and years of data to support why we're doing what we're doing. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was hard. Like there's no easy way to put it. It was hard. I literally had a headache, had lost a little sleep thinking about it, but I don't know. I just had to get back at it the next day and clock in again. And thankfully had a winning night the next night overall um the week wasn't all that bad i think i lost uh a little over 600 on the week oh wow so you only and you were at so you probably started at around 4500 to start the week yeah um something like that and then well at one point i was up over 6000 and right now i'm up 4484 so i did have a pullback and that's nothing to like just gloss over because I mean, you're up 40% in a month. You just went up 40% in a month off a $10,000 bankroll. So that's, I mean, that's still amazing. Yeah. It's just, it's hard to forget about that one night, but overall it's still killing it. And, uh, 
there's no way around the bad nights. And from my experience, and I, we've always been humbled from sports in the, in the past. What's weird is that the algorithm looked amazing that night. And I, I genuinely feel like if you had, if I had to choose which night is going to be better, that eight and one night that I had, or the one and nine, the one and nine night had some sweet bets. Like it looked amazing on paper. There was one thing that was different with my criteria that night. And one of the projection softwares we use that we've used since the beginning of time, that one wasn't available that day. So I used multiple other projection softwares to try to, um, I don't know, give me some other value that we were lacking from the one we use all the time. And anyways, uh, I don't know. It just did really bad, obviously, on that night. And I don't. I can't just say it's that one layer or it's that one projection software. But that's the only difference in day to day betting that we've been doing. So okay. So the night that you had the one in nine night, you had to replace the projection software with one thing. Yeah, exactly. With uh, or with multi- one filter. Yeah. Well, I used multiple other projection softwares to try to uh, replace the one that we weren't getting. Okay. So huh. the one that I that we love like okay i don't know i didn't get to use that one and i can't say that that's an excuse because everything looked great on paper and i just just had a bad night and so that's that's part of sports betting and that's why we preach betting such a small percentage because you literally cannot i don't know nobody wins every single night it's not it's not realistic in any market so you have to prepare for that yeah and like i was we were talking earlier uh before the podcast and I think you had two nights last week where you went like maybe eight and one and yeah. six and one yeah. or something and like that. And a five and zero. Oh, th- and a five and zero. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So if you're gonna have those three good nights, you know that it's gonna at least two nights. If you have three really good nights of like let's say six and zero, oh, six and zero, oh, six and zero, oh, yeah, then you're gonna have at least one or two nights of zero oh and six. It's just gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's a it's a volatile market. I think we touched on that in the last podcast about yeah. volatility. Um, and you just experienced it this week. Yeah. It's like I said, very humbling. And, um, also, yeah. So we're we're talking about our, the worst streak. That's the worst streak I've experienced. And, um, I don't know, we might as well highlight the best streak too. We've had plenty of bad streaks, but the best streak that I can remember from our experience is when we were running player props years ago and we were doing the Pacers heavy. Remember when we were shorting like everyone on the Pacers team betting the under on like almost everybody I do remember that well the best that I remember tracking is that we won 28 out of 30 bets so that was like our our best streak and then that was our worst streak that or the worst prop night I've had was one and nine so you're gonna have great great nights and you're gonna have bad nights and it's important to kind of keep an even keel uh uh, mindset because you can't you don't want to get overly excited when you have a good night or overly depressed when you have a bad night so the the best way is just to stay in the middle and i don't know just keep betting such a small percentage of your bankroll to where you can stomach the losses when you have them absolutely and if anybody came up to you and said hey i'm gonna give you a one and nine night but and then the next week you're gonna go 28 and two i mean you would take that every day yeah for sure. So, so yeah, uh, yeah. You just gotta. It, that's one of the hardest parts of sports betting is stomaching those losses. You really kind of have to have be detached from the data or from the night. 
um, and look at it more of an overall, like, how am I doing? I always say, like, in the last, like, two months since we've been tracking this $10,000 bankroll for team bets, um, I'm up uh, 120%, but still, I don't think that's enough data. I think that even though it's been um, 634 total bets that I've had, I still think that you could get lucky in 634 total bets. I feel I will look at my data and say, okay, this I can confidently say is how I did once I get to like 10,000 bets. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. Um, I mean, Malcolm Gladwell said the 10,000 hour rule. You got to put in 10,000 hours before you become an expert. Yeah. So in sports betting, you got to put in 10,000 bets before you can call yourself an expert. (laughs) I like it. Yeah, so that was your week. Um, anything else that like stuck out about the week? Um, I I think that's it. That just highlights my week. <laughs> the one night just overshadows all the good that I did before that, in my opinion. But at least uh, the next night was winning, so we're getting back to the right. Uh, I don't know, getting back to what we 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 do best. Um, and you ended up down six hundred. Yeah. On the week. Yeah. Which is nothing because that one night you were down over two thousand. Yeah, over two thousand yeah, just on that one like night. Twenty two hundred that one night or some shit. Yeah, so, so it's almost. I mean, having a fourteen thousand dollar bankroll, six hundred dollars is pretty much break even. Yeah, that's got to be around. What would that be like? A one percent loss or something around there? Something like that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm having trouble doing the math in my head right now, but. um how about you how was your week uh my week was i came back down to earth but it was still an okay week um i started out uh let's see one two three four five six seven days so i think i started out the week uh at ninety nine thousand one hundred uh plus nine thousand one hundred so i was up almost a hundred percent and then i ended up at Ten thousand nine hundred. So I I made a thousand dollars on the week, um, which is pretty good. I, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but it wasn't the last. I mean, I was like unconscious the week before. Yeah. But ha- not having a pullback and just having like a, a good week. Yeah. But an okay week feels actually good. Yeah. Because it's almost like when you go up nine thousand or what was it? It was seven thousand dollars. When you go up seven thousand dollars in one week. Yeah. You're like, you almost think like that's not real and this shouldn't be happening. You almost feel guilty. (laughs) So I'm glad that it kind of like settled down a little bit, but I've kept with the same strategy and my confidence on everything is still like really high. Nice. So when I'm putting the, when I'm putting the bets out there for all of our clients, I'm very confident in them. I'm like, it's almost like once I'm done, I feel, I can't imagine this being a losing night. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I know that a one a night day will probably come, uh, but uh, right now it feels like it's impossible. <laughs> it does. That's just like the feeling I get. So I understand. We'll see what happens. I know. I, it Sports has a way of just knocking you off your high horse at times, too, and making you reflect on what you're doing and stuff. You're on the craziest streak I've seen you on, on and I don't know. It's hard to beat that. Probably ever. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was my best week ever going up $7,000 and to give it a perspective, it was the bankroll that we started on November 23rd at $10,000 was at 12,000. 
So $7,000 going up in a week. I mean, that's like 60%, something around there. Seven divided by 12. Got to be something around 60%. Um, up in one week is crazy. Yeah. So insane. What's crazier too is um, just how you're betting such a small percentage of your bankroll and doing that. Because somebody could bet half their bankroll and they can do that and that's not unheard of but that's also not a winning strategy you're you're doing it with a bunch of small bets and still increasing that much so that's what's really amazing to it to me in my opinion that's true you do have to have a high bet volume yeah so i felt at the beginning of the week i even told you i don't know if you remember but i said oh by the way I see I've been doing the low bet sizes and I've slowly gone down in my bankroll. Yeah. But like coming up this weekend, yeah. there is a ton of bets that are opening up. Nice. I think I remember, do you remember me telling you that? Uh, I, I, I specifically yeah. said it for last Friday and Saturday, but it continued. Yeah. And so my bet volume rose a lot. I don't have the stats, but I was going from like three or three to four bets a day. Yeah. To, and then all of a sudden I went up to like eight to 10, okay. uh, just as an average, Yeah, those numbers could be off, but, but I felt so confident in it that I raised up my, so that might be a good tip is, um, instead of, if you're very confident in a certain system and you feel like it's hitting, don't raise your bets. You don't, uh, your bet amount. You don't have to go from like hundred dollar bets to $300 bets. If that's what you're comfortable with. You can just go from $100 bets betting five games mm -hmm. to $100 bets betting 10 games if you are confident in all 10 games. Yeah. So I'm always more confident in, because it's a diversification issue, like I'm always more confident in raising my bet total to 10 games from five yeah. rather than from $100 to $500 on those five games. Okay. If, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. You increase the volume instead of incre increasing the bet size. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of the, the strategy that I did. Um, I mean, it's evident in this morning because I did 21 soccer bets for the, for the morning. Yeah. Um, the bankroll was around $11,000 uh, up, so $21,000. And I only did one to three star bets. The majority of them were, were one and two star bets. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's like a half a percent to a 1.5%. Yeah. And I'm confident right now and I'm still like going, but, but I increased the bet volume. I did 21 soccer bets today. Yeah. That's you're killing it. <laughs> I also did a, since that those soccer bets before we started this podcast were up $1,300. Yeah. And so they've been doing good today. And so I did do, I like this strategy that I just found out lost, but I like the strategy where, if I'm having a really good morning or if I'm having a really good day, Saturdays and Sundays it works best because sports are spread out across the whole day. Mm -hmm. But if I, so on Saturday or Sunday, if I have a really good morning, I like to find like a knockout punch. I like to find like a, like something where you could package a bet together. They have same game parlays yeah. where you can really go for it. It's already a bet to where, let's say you're doing like an over two and a half but then you can package things together where that all point in the same direction of over two and a half. So kind of like, are, would you say there's good correlation between those bets 
or no? Exactly. Yeah. Where each bet of the parlay has are correlated with each other. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. So like, uh, so I really went for one that was like a plus fourteen thousand. <laughs> Found out it lost, but uh, yeah. you had to go for the knockout punch <laughs> when you're on fire. Yeah. Another part of that heat check from last week. Yeah. So you were listening to the podcast when you came over, you were listening to the podcast from last week. Did I know you only got into like a little bit of it. Did you have any notes from that? Did you? Yeah. Well, I've listened to it, I believe once all the way through. And then I was just re-listening to it now to, to, I don't know, refresh myself with it. And yeah, I, I do notice that I was hard to hear at times. So we've made some adjustments to make sure that the mic's closer to me and so you could hear me. And, and then, it's way better already, I can tell, because I can see these little lines that go up. Yeah. And your lines are as tall as mine. Nice. So That's what I'm good. looking for, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, I was told not to cough or yawn, I guess. so. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Well, did you cough and yawn the uh, last on a, time? On a previous episode, so. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to try to keep my coughing and yawning to a minimum. The number one podcast in the world the Joe Rogan experience has a cough button. He has a button. So if you have to cough or clear your throat, you hit the button and it mutes your mic. So wow. you can go, <clears throat> okay. and, but th- nobody hears it. Okay. I wonder if you, you could do this. Wow. That's a- <clears throat> it. That? <laughs> I, I it probably cut it out a lot. I could hear it a little bit, but I'm also in the same room as you. We need yeah. that button. Got to have a cough button <laughs> and, and a yawn button. Yeah, the yawn, the yawning is, uh, man, that's more of a, a note for me, I think. <laughs> I mean, if, if I'm making you yawn, then I need a, and that's one of the notes that I had is I've had three different people who listen to the podcast tell me you're talking way too much. You got to let Jake speak. And I was like, okay, I got to try to pass the conversation. Over it makes Jake. my job easier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can just sit there and yawn. <laughs> All right, so those those are the notes. We fixed the mic. We fixed Jake's mic. Yeah. And I promise, I'm not going to promise that because I talk a lot. But I <laughs> I will work at not talking as much. Um, anything in the in the sports betting world or just the sports world that you want to bring up? Um, if not, I yeah. have something. Oh, okay. go ahead. What were we going to say? I'm just uh, just all hyped up about the UFC fight, John Jones and um, Cyril gone. I've been watching a lot of highlights on that. And also uh, you got, I don't know. There's a, there's a handful of big fights coming up that I'm looking forward to the Islam fight. He's fighting um, Vol- Volkanovsky. So that'll be a big fight. And then uh, Israel Adesanya is fighting Pereira again. So that'll be a rematch. And, Prayer has beaten Adesanya three times already. Uh, he beat him twice in kickboxing, and then Pereira transferred over to UFC, and then he beat him again a third time in UFC. And so they're going to rematch again. And stylistic, stylistically, Prayer is a terrible matchup for Adesanya. He's just a. I feel like he's a better striker. Adesanya was winning the last fight by points, and Prayer is just in the last round. His corner told him you have to knock him out and he just hunted him that last round and ended up knocking him out. So I don't know. There's just some big fights that I'm really excited about that. Hopefully we could have on uh parish soon and we can chat UFC talk with him and, but before some of these big fights or something. So absolutely. And this fight's coming up is on March 4th. I, I think that's right. That's a John Jones fight, I believe. 
So those guys, um, Pereira and Adesanya, Adesanya, yeah, they used to just just do kickboxing. Yeah, hmm. they were both amazing kickboxers. Adesanya had only lost uh, twice in all of his uh, kickboxing career, from my understanding. And the only time he ever lost was this Pereira guy. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. So are they like world champions or U.S. champions in kickboxing or yeah, is that? They're very high level. I don't know how, um, what they were ranked or whatever, but they're both champions from my understanding. And uh, Adesanya just seemed like nobody could beat him, but Pereira has beat him three times. So Wow. Yeah. And they, they, they're elite level MMA fighters, even though their expertise was just in kickboxing. Yeah. Adesanya is just so well-rounded right now. I would say that he's a, an expert MMA. Uh, Pereira is, uh, I don't, maybe he's lost once in UFC. So he's like, let me d- double check. But I think he's like 7-1 or 8-1. and one, And I wouldn't say that he's been proven to be uh, as well-rounded as Adesanya because he hasn't, he hasn't proven that he's got a ground game and jiu-jitsu and stuff. But uh, I'm sure that he will adapt over time. So I think this is a great matchup for Pereira right now. Um, Just because he's beat him three, three, yeah, exactly. three times in a row. What, how did he beat him in the MMA fight? Uh, so he was losing, uh, uh, according to like my scorecard. I mean, everyone's got their own scorecard, and it's very subjective. But I had, him, I had Adesanya winning three rounds to one, so Pereira was in really bad shape. And his corner told him that. Do they show that on the screen of what the judges have it too? No, or the commentators. No, the commentators maybe. No. Oh yeah, the commentators. Yes. Did they, what are, did they have it as? Do you remember? I think everybody had three to one. Israel is okay. Adesanya up. Like okay. I don't. I don't remember hearing anybody having Pereira up. And even the corner said you have to knock him out this round up of a Pereira. So uh, Glover Teixeira was in his corner and he told him. And this was a five round. Yeah, five rounds. And this was the fifth round. Yeah, so wow, Pereira wow. literally had one chance to win. He either had to knock him out or uh, submit him. And he just hunted him and caught him with some good strikes. And next thing you know, the fight's over. So I'm going to check that out. I, I didn't see that, but that sounds like an awesome fight to watch. Oh, my God. I, I my hands down. were sweaty and I was so tense. <laughs> I've been waiting for that fight forever. So. You're throwing like kicks in the air? <laughs> Pretty much. Like. Christine didn't even want to be near me because I was so tense, like watching this fight. I was I was hyped up. Like, uh, okay, because it was, I don't know. Two, when was how long ago was this? Uh, it had to be like was a it couple months ago? Six months? Oh, okay, like three months ago or something yeah. like that. Okay. So yeah, some good fights coming up that I'm really excited about. And that's not even that's not even the top fight on March fourth. Oh, the Adesanya is fighting Prayer on a different date. Oh, okay, but. John Jones, yeah. So Prayer is seven and one. Adesanya is twenty three and two. That fight will be on April eighth, Saturday, April eighth. And then the John Jones, I think you were right on the date on that one. On March fourth. Okay, see. so they're a month. They're a month out. Yes, sir. I mean, we were talking about going to that. I know you got some family stuff going on, which I completely understand, but this would have been an epic fight to go to. <laughs> I know. I really wanted to go. I even told you ahead of time, like, yeah, pencil or yeah. mark me down. And then I found out, I go, I told my wife, I go, hey, I'm going to go to Vegas with Jake on March 4th. And she goes, well, that's Jack's first soccer game ever. 
that he's ever going to play. He won't remember. (laughs) (laughs) He probably won't. He probably won't. And then on the other side, it could like ruin his life. (laughs) My my dad never showed up to my first talk and he never lets me hear the end of it, you know? (laughs) But uh, we'll, we'll get to another one. Maybe, where's the the Pereira Adesanya fight? Where's um, that one at? Let me look that up real quick. Adesanya. Yeah, John Jones. That one's in Vegas, and then uh, Israel Pereira fight. Um, let me see where that's at. I hope it's in Vegas. I don't know. I'll look that look that up. Is there any um, sports events or anything that happened that stands out to you? coming up no not really i've just been um i've been really into soccer um watching a lot of soccer i uh am excited for the super bowl coming up um i think that the eagles are going to take it down i'm uh i've been rooting for the eagles the whole year i think i said it on the last podcast where i could have bet them to win the super bowl but i declined to um i should have done it though because i've done bets where I end up just betting more. I'll bet like three hundred to five hundred dollars to bring that plus thirteen up to like four thousand or five thousand dollars. I like to bet a lot of money on. I like to maybe even bet like a five star. If it's a ten thousand dollar bankroll, I'd bet like a five star, five hundred dollars on a future bet, like a long term bet. Yeah, because that five stars is spread out over six months. Yeah, that's true. So it's like it tie it, your you have five hundred dollars tied up in, out of your bankroll. Yeah. So you might as well make it important, you know, because it's going to be like a six month bet. Yeah, I got you. So those stars are spread out, and um, I should have went with it, but still won the over nine and a half wins. They ended up getting fourteen wins. So really excited about football, the Super Bowl coming up. Going over to a buddy's house, and that should be fun. Um, yeah, that I don't nothing else. I just like I'm excited about soccer. I watched soccer all morning this morning. Oh, nice. I I got up. Uh, I didn't. I did all my soccer research last night, starting at eleven. Didn't get to bed till one, but popped up at five a.m. Four hours later to watch soccer because <laughs> I knew that games were starting. Yeah, I'm here in Pacific Standard Time in California. We are. Yeah, and uh, and so I the game start. The first game started at four thirty, so I already missed a half hour. And so I was like, ah, I got to get out there. Yeah. And you started out hot this morning, right? Cracked the K. Yeah. Yeah. Cracked the K. Yeah. I was up 1300, lost that knockout punch. So it's 1200 now. Okay. I can probably give you like a real time update right now. Uh, That one's not looking good. That one is looking good. Who knows what's going on in this one? Hmm. Uh, Up 1200 and looks like it's probably as if everything stays i have three more games left and they're all in the second half and if everything stays as is probably going to be around 1300 like up 1300 that's beautiful yeah got a lot of college basketball i love saturdays and sundays this is sat we tape this on saturday and i love saturdays and sundays because it's just an all-day event yeah like i ha- i space them out like the whole day from 4 30 a.m pacific standard time all the way till like 7.30 p.m. Wow. So it's like 15 hours of bets. Wow. So it's, yeah. a, it's exciting. That is exciting. No golf bets this week, but uh, golf, the golf season is starting out. So if you're a YouBetSmart.com client, um, 
you're going to be getting some golf bets coming up because those ones did really well last year. Pick three winners last year. Wow. And winners, if you pick a winner, they're usually anywhere between plus 2,000 to plus 5,000. Wow. That's usually yeah. where I pick them, yeah. that range. Okay. I find guys that I don't pick like the, the favorites who are going to be like plus 800. Yeah. If I'm going to bet a long shot, I want to pay out. Yeah. And I picked three of them last year. Yeah. I, that kind of makes sense too that <clears throat> if they're a favorite, the general public's going to know mostly about them and they're going to see that they're, gonna, they're the favorite and they're going to bet on them heavily. And you're probably not going to get great odds for the, the best golfer, right? Yeah. Think? Yeah. I mean, that's on par with my strategy. I, one of my strategies for team betting is contrarian. I usually, I fade the fanatics. We've yeah. talked about it before. Yeah. And so fanatics are usually going to like popular players and popular players are usually going to be the favorites. Yeah. So usually in golf specifically, you're looking for up and comers. So for instance, last year, one of the ones that I won was Scotty Scheffler won the Masters. He had yet to win a major. He was like rookie of the year last year. He had a trajectory where his career was going up. He's young. I also noticed that they don't show him a lot on television for whatever reason. He's like an amazing up-and-coming player. Yeah. Just to be honest, the guy's pretty attractive. <laughs> I don't know why they don't yeah. show him on television. He's okay. like a television face. He looks like a Disney superhero. No way. Like he's got like the big chin with like the dot in the middle. <laughs> I mean, this guy is like, you would think, and he like hits the shit out of the ball. You would think that they would, and he's a great up and coming player, but for some reason they don't show him on television. So he's not, he doesn't have a big fan base. Okay. And so the odds that you get for him, his name's Scotty Scheffler, the odds that you can get for him were really good last year. That all went out the window because he won the Masters. He's Now they're showing him on TV like they can't get him off the television. Okay. But So I look for those players in golf where they haven't yet broke. Yeah. But they're about to break. Yeah, it sounds like it makes sense. Had another one. I just went, I, you got me on a subject, subject that I like. <laughs> I had another one, Cameron Young. He, I was, after Scotty Scheffler won the Masters, mm -hmm. I was like, I, I, had, I had picked him like at plus 4,000, plus 5,000 in five tournaments yeah. until he hit the Masters one, which is still good because if you're betting $100 on each one, I lost 400, but then he hit one and it won 5,000. So Jeez. eventually I felt like, eventually he's going to hit one of these. Yeah. And then so, but then once I hit that one, he was now at like plus 1200. He went from like the 4,000 to 5,000 range wow. down to like a thousand. Yeah. So all of a sudden I'm off of him. Yeah. I, There's no more value, huh? No more value in him. So now I got to find the next guy. So my next guy was Cameron Young. Okay. Another attractive man. <laughs> this guy, he's like 6'6". Six, six. Okay. The only thing is, is he doesn't talk well on television, but that's a good thing because since he's still struggling at talking on television, that means TV is not going to show him. That's great. Because he's not ready yet. Yeah. He's ready now, but okay. I'll tell you okay. what happened. So six months later in the British Open, the Masters was played in like May or April of last year. And then the British Open, the Open Championship was played in July, I think, something around there. And I was really high on Cameron Young. I picked him, same thing, picked him in four or five events. I'm like, this guy, I was telling my dad, this guy, you gotta bet on this guy, this guy's gonna break through, I know it. Yeah. 
he hits it far. He has a good short game. He doesn't fold under pressure unless he's being interviewed on television. <laughs> and in the open championship, he was at like plus 5,000. I put some, I put a bet on him on that. And then going into Sunday, going into Sunday, he was seven. He was, I forget what it was. I think he was like four or five shots back. And he was at the same amount, like plus 4,000 or 5,000. So like I doubled down on him because I was like, if he's going to break through and win this, he's going to win it with like an eight under day. I think he was at like minus 11 and the, and the, uh, the guy who was winning the tournament was Rory McIlroy. I think he was at minus 15. I'm just like getting around these numbers. These numbers could be way off. So don't DM me on uh, Twitter saying like how I'm an idiot for getting all these numbers off. I'm just saying around, it was yeah. around there. Yeah. So uh, Cameron Young was at 11 under. Rory was at 15. Double down on the bet. Cameron Young ended up shooting eight under like I thought he needed, which is insane. So that means he went from 11 under to 19 under. Wow. And he did that by, he really played well down the last four holes and he eagled the last hole. So on a par four, he hit it on the green and then made a long putt oh to God. eagle to go up to 19 under. Ended up losing by one still. Oh my gosh. But it's there. Yeah. You yeah. know, like the idea is there. So that's the idea behind golf. I don't know how we got on this. All of a sudden I'm talking too much. So I'm going <laughs> to bring it back over to you. We were talking about UFC though. Do you have anything else on UFC? Um, I don't know. We'll just keep bringing that up, I guess, on each podcast. There's so many good fights that I would love to highlight on each one of our podcasts a little bit and uh yeah we can we can get to that on the next one there's we got time maybe you can hit up Parrish to see if he wants to come on the next one yeah and we can highlight that that one specific date on march 4th in yeah, vegas that would be amazing and then i'll just ditch my son and we'll go to vegas <laughs> <laughs> no um let's move on to betting tips do you have any so we've talked about a number of things i know we've glossed over um money management uh, we've talked about volatility. We've talked about a couple other things. Is there anything that you want to focus on for a betting tip for our customers? I would say this week, it might as well make, uh, make sense to bring up trying to keep your emotions detached from your bankroll. Cause that's that tough night I had, even though I, I know you're not supposed to be emotional with your bankroll. I, I couldn't help but like have a hard time, uh, taking the one and nine night like that's never easy and i i say be detached from your bankroll and keep your emotions out of it but in all uh, honesty that one like it uh it was hard for me to stomach so i don't know i just want to give some advice on trying to keep your bankroll uh detached from your emotions so do, do you have like some things that you do like a certain practice that you do that helps you with that yeah um i would say uh First of all, the most important thing is never invest anything you aren't willing to lose. So that should be one of the, the top uh, practices by, by most people in any market. You don't, if it's your rent money or money you need for you and your family, like there's no way you should be investing that. It should just be uh, disposable income, I should say. Um, I would also, we always preach about betting in such small amounts. So when you do have that bad day, I mean, we had the worst night I've ever had, but our, our bankroll was barely, barely flinched this week because 
I, we bet such a small amount and I was doing good prior to the week. So I don't know. It didn't wipe out our account. We're not in any worse shape realistically. Um, so yeah, just never invest anything you, you aren't willing to lose. Bet small amounts because you, you will have a bad day. Like the, there's just, there's no way around it. And um, lastly is just sticking to a strategy. So it's like once you have a strategy, you really need to stick to it and it takes discipline. So it's like, I don't know, build your strategy. And if your bets don't meet that strategy, then just leave it alone. And even though I had that bad day and I was sick to my stomach, not, not even for my own, ba- our, our, our bankroll, like I, I'm pretty uh, indifferent to our fluctuations every day. But the part that never is easy for me is when our clients lose money. Like that part's the hardest part that I'll never really get used to. Oh yeah. The only reason I, I don't know. I just know that in the long run we're profitable. So if I have a bad night, we'll get it back. I, I know we've done it plenty of times. So that, that part I, I feel easy about, but, um, I just want to say, uh, even though I had such a bad night, I did stick to my strategy and I, I was, I don't know. I, I would have felt terrible if I just went on some like where I was biased or I just liked the bet and I, I went against my strategy just because I wanted to gamble a little bit. Like none of these bets were like that. They all met my criteria. It just, it didn't work out that night. And to, for me, that was easier to stomach knowing that I followed the system and I didn't go outside of it. If I would have had a bad night and I took a bunch of bets that didn't meet the criteria, I, I would have been even more disgusted. <laughs> so yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. So never invest anything you aren't willing to lose bet small percentage of your bankroll for each individual bet and then stick to your strategy. So I don't know that's, right. that's what I would say. Yeah. And when I have a bad night, like psychologically, the one thing I would say is I know it, it like saying that it's detaching yourself from it is one thing, but um, you don't want to like just reject your emotions. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you felt terrible yeah you know yeah and i like to actually like feel that yeah you know and just you know so don't like repress it because if you repress it yeah then you might do something stupid the next day yeah so i like to just sit in it yeah and really feel it yeah and then remind myself like you said i'm doing the system mm-hmm. this works yeah just keep on doing it yeah. and you'll get out of this exactly yeah and i don't know we have so much confidence because we've been here so many times like yeah. we've we've had bad nights on occasion for since we started and there's no way around that anyone that says that you're just gonna have good nights every night are, isn't being realistic and they're not being honest yeah 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 i mean you said it it's there's something to be said for i know the people listening might um might be new to this or they might have lower confidence because they're not winning their bets but yeah, there is something to be said. Like we've been doing this for like 10 plus years. Yeah. It works. We know it works. We've had tens of thousands of bets that we've done. Yeah. And so we know it works. So that confidence builds over time. Yeah. If you're following the right system. Exactly. Um, and we haven't been that great of showing everything to the world because we've just been kind of doing this ourselves. Yeah. Collecting the money ourselves. But um, now we're putting it out there. We're showing you how to do it. We're, we're, uh, we've each had, uh, we each have a $10,000 bankroll that you can follow as a listener. Um, you can follow us at you bet smart on Twitter and TikTok to get a bunch of free plays. 
and then you can sign up to get one free month and then after that it's just $25 a month and you could see how you can make money betting on sports yeah exactly one thing I would note is that a bad night like this you really have to um, basically account for where your bankroll uh, let's say it had a huge drop you might have to to lower your bet size so something like that if, if we were betting too big and our portfolio dropped half our bankroll like you would definitely want to lower your bet size you don't want to keep your bet size the same amount so when we're saying bet three percent of your bankroll and you have you crash one night now your three percent is a smaller percentage of your bankroll so i don't know you got to be I, f- I feel like some people don't want to lower their bet size so they'll just keep with that same bet amount until their account's gone and it's like you really have to lower your bet size otherwise you're going to wipe wipe out everything yeah absolutely yeah that reminds me of uh when right before i had the streak and i went from my ten thousand dollar bankroll was at seventeen thousand dollars then over a 14 day period it went down to twelve thousand so i lost five thousand dollars yeah and i kind of thought about i was looking at some of the customers who had signed up um, right before that, um, it was one customer in particular actually. And, um, that's one thing I, I, so I put my graph into his perspective Yeah. and, uh, his name is Jeffrey. Shout out to Jeffrey. I put my graph into his perspective and it showed that if he just bet my bets, the player props actually made it. So this wasn't the case, but if you just bet my bets, his $10,000 bankroll would have went down $5,000. Okay. So it would have went down to 5000 Yeah. Which in his case, you need to lower your bets. Yeah, yeah. But in my case, I was 17000 to 12000 so I was still 2000 up. Yeah. So I wasn't lowering the stars. Yeah. So it's on an individual basis. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, but that's something to like take into account. Sorry for the beeping. I don't know how to mute it i thought i'd muted it can you hear that in your yeah okay (laughs) i'm gonna figure out how to mute that and maybe we'll edit it out (laughs) um but yeah that's an interesting thing because like uh we might someone might sign up to you bet smart and we go through one of our bear markets very true and we are not affected by it we're not because we have time and a lot of bets exactly but you you on an individual basis have to um, analyze that. And if you go down 50%, like you said, you might want to think about lowering your bet size. Yeah, exactly. All right. All right. Any recommendations that you have? What did, did you watch anything, listen to anything this week? Uh, recommendations. I, I was just thinking um, one that's been very influential in the way I think is a Bitcoin crypto mastermind with Ty Lopez. Is that a YouTube channel? No, it's a podcast. It's a podcast. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. I listened to every podcast that they had on there probably two or three times over. And it's just amazing on how they talk about uh, just an investing mindset. It's a different market. Obviously, it's crypto. But there's a lot of correlation, in my opinion, between crypto stocks and uh, sports betting. It's all just markets and managing risk. And so I, that book meant so much to me. Or I mean, uh, that podcast, I'm sorry. Okay, and how many seasons do they have or episodes? It's over 90 episodes. Over 90, wow. And I probably listened to it three times over. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just like me and, on uh, Tuesdays with Stories, my favorite yeah, podcast. Exactly. And do they have like the same mindset as an investor, or do they have the same mindset as a sports better, like like us, that we do? 
I I think so. Obviously, they're talking about a different market, but it's all about money management, trying to find a system, and just the approach that they have on a long-term investing. It just it correlates so highly to what we believe in. So I would definitely recommend checking that out for anybody that hasn't. And what uh, what's it called again? I'm uh, gonna I'm gonna check it out. Uh, I'm gonna Bit- write it. Bitcoin Crypto Mastermind with Ty Lopez, and he. Ty Lopez is interesting. He, I don't know if you've ever seen him on YouTube. He's that guy that walks into his garage. He's like, here's my garage. Here's our, here's my Ferrari. Here's my Lambo. He's got all these nice cars. And he was, uh, I don't believe he ever finished college. He He's self-taught on a lot of things. He reads at least a book a day. And he's uh, he went from being really a nobody on podcasts to having multiple top podcasts and, and different uh uh, genres or whatever. Okay. So he's, he's, he's a really smart dude. And basically on that podcast, he just interviews some of the top minds in that industry. So he'll ask them important questions. Like how do you make money? And like with your system and they'll explain their logic and I don't know, you can learn a lot from all the people he interviews. Okay. All right. I'll check it out. Yeah. And what about you? So mine is a book that I read a long time ago. So I don't have a lot of off the top, off the head, off the top of the head yeah. um, uh, details yeah. about the book. But it's a book that you like too. I think you recommended it to me years ago, and that's Principles by yeah. Ray Dalio. Oh my God, such an amazing book. It's one of the books. I mean, I'm sure that's going to be a recommendation for you, yeah. like 10 podcast. You got to give it a 10 podcast buffer. <laughs> And then, and then you can recommend it too. Yeah. But I kind of stole it from you. But that's I, I always liked it because of the psychological aspect of it, like the way that he thinks about everything. Yeah. And it's just like sports betting, or it's a great for stock investing. I think his main thing was was he into? Remind me, do you, was what was he into? He he was a uh, the founder of Blackwater the Hedge Fund, one of the most. Uh, successful hedge funds of all time and didn't they short the real estate market before the united states crash in 2008 i wouldn't doubt it i i don't know that a, a whole bunch of their uh trades are actually public information i, I know it's you got to be a pretty big baller to understand or i don't know i'm not saying that they didn't i yeah. totally believe it and uh i just don't know that they're their active trades are public. And I think, I don't even know that he, uh, last I, I heard he closed the, the hedge fund. Like is that right? You weren't even allowed to invest anymore. Oh yeah. That's yeah. I remember that from the book. I think he even mentioned that in the book, but he kind of gave some of his principles about life. I mean, you could even use them for life. Yeah. Um, so go out and read that book. It's a great book. Yeah. He's also, um, one of the powerful parts to me was just that he embraces failure that, you got to be willing to make mistakes and learn from them. So that's what we have to learn with sports betting. Anytime you come to a new market, like you're not going to know what you're doing. You're going to have to, I don't know, be willing to make mistakes and, and adjust. And that's one of the things that I teach my kids. I have three kids. I'm always talking about failure yeah. and focusing on failure and failure is not a bad thing. Yeah. Like that night that you had where you went one and nine. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough and you got to get through it and it hurts but it's going to happen. And the most important thing that you could do from a night like that is to learn from it. Yeah. Like to understand like why it happened Mm -hmm. and not to get like too existential or too, um, 
deep on this podcast, but I think that that's the purpose of life is to evolve. Yeah. If you look at life, that's what it's doing is evolving. Yeah. And the way that you evolve is from learning from your mistakes or that's one way to do it. So who knew you're going to just get a bunch of life lessons here on the (laughs) podcast today. (laughs) I'll, we'll keep it a little bit uh, looser in the future. (laughs) I think it's important sharing stuff like that too. Anything that you want to add, Jake? Um, I, I think we covered most of it. Um, and we have many more podcasts to cover things in the future too. Yeah. Maybe I could just end it with one other, uh, uh, quote. Absolutely. The quote that, uh, means a lot. I I should actually find out who the hell wrote this, (laughs) but, (laughs) but the quote itself is just so valuable. It says ever tried, ever failed, no matter, try again, fail again, fail better. So I, I know Ray Dalio didn't write that, but it's a lot of the same principles. It's just you have to embrace failure and and just, I don't know, make adjustments. Yeah, and the first person to DM us with who wrote that gets three months free Sam- at youbetsmart.com. Samuel Beckett. Well, don't say the answer. Well, I want now everybody's going to get three. <laughs> oh, you get, okay, so you got the three months. <laughs> All right. Well, that does it. Um, yeah. Remember to sign up at YouBetSmart.com. You get one month free if you sign up right now. And then after that, it's $25 a month. Um, we do $10,000 bankrolls just as an example to show you how we're doing it. Obviously, most people are in sports betting, um, if you're new to sports betting too, are not going to invest $10,000 in it. If you invest $1,000 though, you'd be up $1,500 in the last two months. Yeah. If you did everything that you betsmart.com told you to do. Yeah. And $1,500 minus the $25 you would have spent on it, it's worth it. No brainer. Follow us on Twitter and TikTok at YouBetSmart. Jake, it was nice talking to you, man. Likewise, brother. I'll All see right. you on the next one. See you on the next one. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Later.